horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Hey, thanks so much for being with us again here on Winning Ponies. Glad you tuned in. I hope you enjoy the show. And uh, make sure if you've got a friend that uh, didn't get a chance to hear it live, these shows are all on podcast. Uh, Got uh, a first-time starter guest and a veteran. Uh, The veteran you may know as Bob Ralbert Roberts, who's a mainstay with the Cleveland Plain Dealer for so many years, covered many, many, many Kentucky Derbies. And uh, now he's um, maintained his position – Hanging out at uh, OTB parlors in the northeastern part of Ohio, and that includes Mahoning Valley, where they have not only one, but two stakes races on Saturday. Uh, Mahoning getting off to a start uh, just uh, about uh, two weeks ago. Cute little place, I must say. Uh, it's kind of, you know, a little bit out of the way uh, near Youngstown, uh, but uh, the management there does uh, does a excellent job a lot of times when you get a racino they kind of turn their head to the horsemen these guys they don't congratulations to uh mark lowey bill bork and ed vomaka who are all involved in the racing program up there so bob roberts will be our first capper we'll do a couple from there and then uh, i believe the only graded race over the weekend at least in north america is the cardinal handicap and the thing that we're going to have to question a couple races this week not only the the cardinal handicap but over at aqueduct where they're going to have the uh the Artie schiller uh they're all scheduled for the turf and i'm no media urologist but it looks like there might be some bad weather headed this way we'll see how that affects the handicapping my second guest i was really lucky to get him I want to thank my friend jenny reese for uh, uh putting us together and connecting us and that'll be none other than dale romans stepped into the history books this week when he took sole possession of the record for most wins as a trainer in the 143 year old history of churchill downs he literally Grew up on the backstretch of, of, of River. Did I say River Downs? Churchill Downs. Um, and uh, when his father, uh, Jerry Romans, was a trainer, and uh, he's just done an outstanding job. I mean, uh, it's a, he started out as a claiming trainer and then stepped up to the top level. Uh, we got uh, Grade One winners, Roses and May, Little Mike, Shackleford. Kittens Joy, Silver Max, of course, Keen Ice, uh, Doolahan, Patio Prado, Tappets Fly, Swift Temper, Brody's Cause, Thorn King, and Court Vision. Now, those are names you should remember. Well, brought to you by none other than Dale Romans. So he is going to be our first guest, a very historic uh, uh, moment in his life, taking over as the leading all-time trainer. Bill Mott was, and Bill Mott's still there training, not to say he couldn't go on a run and those two guys uh, play tag team for a while. Uh, but uh, Dale is a few years younger than Bill, and I think uh, he's going to be there for a while longer, and he can eventually end up the all-time leading rider. Well, uh, of course, uh, we've got racing happening all over the country right now. A lot of places are shifting. Um, 
And in doing so, sometimes you're trying to figure out who's who. Well, the best way to figure that out is by using Winning Pony's easy win forms. Uh, another great week uh, from uh, across the country. Uh, we just had a, uh, a nice pick yesterday at uh, Aqueduct. It was a, a $2 pick six that paid $2,306. And uh, the easy win forms cover pretty much every track in the country over at Mountaineer. A 50 cent super high five just 10 days ago returned 2162 And on the same day at Mountaineer, $1 super, $1,719. And how about Charlestown? They're on the, on the map a whole lot, but they're going in the gate. We had a 50-cent pick four that paid $1,727. So you want to pull down those easy win forms, uh, easy to learn to use at winningponies.com. Well, one of the tracks that's uh, going to be opening one of my all-time favorites i had a chance to work there for a little while none other than the fairgrounds in new orleans and according to marcus hirsch there's going to be a lot of fresh faces down there you may recall last year their meat was hampered by the uh, outbreak of equine herpes virus things were going good and then they were up 16 percent and all of a sudden you know with the quarantine, horses couldn't ship out to some of the big races. It was really tough. But, you know, all I can say is it looks like their momentum is back. I mean, they had about 3,200 applications for stalls this season, close to 500 more than last year. And how about this? 55 new trainers have applied for stalls, uh, including ones you'll know, uh, Buff Bradley, uh, Rodolphe Brissett, who was uh, Mott's assistant broke out on his own. Chris Hartman, Eddie Canale, uh, Tony Reaney, hailed from the Cleveland area, Mike Tomlinson, and, of course, you're very familiar with Ian Wilkes if you follow Kentucky racing. And they're going to have winter strings at the fairgrounds. So uh, it, the races, if you're wondering, are going to be running uh, Thursday through Sunday. But there's a couple five-day weeks scattered through the meet, so you'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, but uh, they're trying to get nine races on weekdays and ten on weekends. Uh, so with all those horses on the grounds, it's going to make some, for some great handicapping down at the fairgrounds. And uh, the jockey colonies change, too. Uh, we got some riders that don't ride there a whole lot. Some for the first time. Corey Landry uh, came back, is coming back for the first time in years. While Joe Bravo has never been there before, he's going to spend his first winter in New Orleans. Uh, Jamie Terrio's back after a stint in California. Uh, how about Chantel Sutherland from California is going to be there for the first time. Uh, also, the Irishman Declan Cannon, Chris Emmy, and Jack Gilligan. Of course, uh, last meet. Some of the rulers of the roost, Florent Giroux, Robbie Alvarado, Mike Mitchell Morrell, Jimmy Graham, Miguel Mena, Sean Bridgemahan, and Gabe Sayez will be back. And uh, sometimes that's an awful tough group to crack. Uh, the, uh, the very tight-knit group down there at the fairgrounds. And, uh, of course, we all know the big horse that came out of there last year was Gunrunner, who prepped for the Triple Crown there, winning the Risen Star and the Louisiana Derby. So pull down the easy win forms. A lot of great racing is going to be blossoming all over the country. Again, looking forward to talking to uh, uh, Bob Roberts and Dale Romans. Um, well, got some uh, news this week that uh, was a little disheartening from Marty McGee, and it looks like uh, 
Hall of Famer Jack Van Berg recently underwent surgery for cancer of his inner jaw, but he continues to train a stable uh, that's going to move to Oaklawn Park in Arkansas shortly after the Churchill Downs meet ends here in 10 days. He's 81 years old now. He's diagnosed with what's called squamous cell carcinoma, went under a second surgery on October 31st in Little Rock. <clears throat> and according to uh, Tom Van Berg, his son, it, it didn't get all of the affected cells. So uh, uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed for Jack Van Berg. He's back in Louisville this week uh, taking care of personal matters. Uh, while uh, his son and Sammy Almarez, his longtime employee of 38 years, are overseeing the horses. And... Uh, you know, Tom says he's in a battle, but the horses are what drive him, and he'd rather come out whenever he can rather than withering away in the house. Uh, so uh, nothing but the best for Jack Van Berg. So uh, we will, uh, uh, you know, be, be, be pulling for him for sure. And uh, another guy that we had been uh, pulling for that, uh, that left us uh, is none other than the great Ben's cat and uh, the four-time Maryland horse of the year he died back in July after his retirement from racing sad to say uh, but they did have a, a, a ceremony and they laid his remains in the frozen ground at Laurel Park uh, they had like 150 horsemen jockeys fans uh, King Leatherberry who was the breeder and owner who had such success with him over the years was there it was a uh, kind of a, a tearful uh, time but king leatherberry what a, what a job you know he did with this horse um 26 time stakes winner and uh he did die from complications of colic surgery um so uh, ben's cat gone but not forgotten how about uh, jose ortiz is going to have to take some time away he's going to have to have knee surgery and they saying that he's going to miss six weeks uh, he entered this week as the nation's leading rider in terms of purse money with $26 million to his credit. So uh, we look forward to a quick recovery for Jose, Jose Ortiz. Another new face uh, going to be showing up in New York, Trevor McCarthy. Uh, he's just coming off the mend. He hasn't ridden since being injured back in May, but he's going to team up and go to Aqueduct with agent Steve Rushing. Uh, who's, so they're leaving the, the safety of Maryland and going to be going to New York. Uh, sad news that uh, disabled former jockey Tony Duke Lepolsky died of an apparent heart attack. Uh, he died near his home in Manchester, West Virginia. He was 60 years old. He won 3,425 races during his career. The uh, uh, Gulf Stream Stakes put uh, Jockey of the Week Edgar Zayas in, in the headlines. He had a mountain almost every race uh, back in the day when they had a huge stakes card. And uh, so uh, Edgar Zayas gets the nod as Jockey of the Week. He's currently the second leading rider down at Gulfstream Park West, and that meet will end later this month. He's won 206 of his 1,060 starts this year and is currently ranked 26th in the nation. The Big Sport of Turfdom Award, given out by my friends 
at the TPA, Turf Publicists of America, was given out to Penny Shenery, who passed away earlier this year. Of course, she was always very, very uh, accessible, and as long as she was healthy, she was out there willing to be cooperative with racing publicists all over, made a lot of public appearance. Of course, uh, who can forget Reva Ridge and Secretariat, and uh, she's just been a great ambassador of the sport uh, ever since. And also, uh, getting awards, the Kentucky Thoroughbred Owners honoring uh, David Richardson won its Warner L. Jones Horseman of the Year Award. I uh, want to congratulate him. Uh, Dr. J. David Robertson Richardson, I, I've met him on several occasions. Uh, he's a prominent Louisville surgeon, but I'll tell you, you meet him in the paddock, and he is just a regular guy. Uh, down uh, in Australia, it was Joe O'Brien beating his dad with rekindling in the historic Melbourne Cup, Australia's biggest thoroughbred prize. Uh, the Irishman Joe gets it. You may recall he was used to be a jockey for his father, Aidan O'Brien. He's only been training for 18 months, and he takes down Australia's biggest thoroughbred race. Uh, congratulations to Joe. And uh, despite uh, being unplaced uh, in the uh, Breeders' Cup Classic, uh, Arrogate is still listed as number one in the world's best racehorse ranking. So that'll be a little bit controversial, and uh, we'll see how long he actually uh, stays at the top. And uh, one more bad news of a horse passing away, though it was from natural causes. Hall of Famer Lure died at the age of 28. Of course, he'll be laid to rest at historic Claiborne Farm. What a turf runner he was. He just had some sterility problems as a stud and didn't have as many foals, but he did retire with $2,515 in earnings. Well, that's pretty much the national news of the week and some upcoming events. And what's going to be upcoming next is a chance for us to talk to the all-time leading trainer at the historic Churchill Downs, none other than Dale Romans. I'm John Engelhart, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, I gave you a little bit of his biography at the top of the show. Uh, none other than Dale Romans, who now wears the crown as the all-time leading trainer under the Twin Spires. It's been there for 143 years. Dale Romans, welcome to Winning Ponies. Hey, thanks for having me tonight. Well, I'm, I'm glad was it, I was able to get a hold of you. Uh, I mean... Uh, when I go back and I read some of the things that have been written about you, this just has to be, uh, even though it took years for you to grind it out, when it finally happened, what what did you feel like? Well, it was exciting. I mean, it was 30 years to the day from the day I won my first race at Churchill. Really? Um, yeah, it was November 12, 1987 with Final Destroyer, and then uh, November 12, 2017, so 30 years to the day. And to tell you the truth, it seems like yesterday. I don't know where all the time's gone and how we won all these races. Well, I think horse racing keeps us young, you know. Uh, but, yeah, time does fly. But you know what? In horse racing, and I know you're part of this, it can still be fun. But uh, So, nonetheless, tell me about uh, your early career, and I mean early hanging around the barn with your father. Oh, yeah, early. I, did, I grew up in the barn on the backside of Churchill. It's uh Spent all our summers and, and plenty of mornings before school and weekends at uh, at church. You know, I just like being in a barn and being around the horses. And uh, basically, it's all I've ever known. I grew up in barn four, and that's the same barn I'm in today. That is unbelievable. I mean, it must be uh, just such a uh, great feeling. Like it's uh, you probably spend more time there than you do in your home. Well, it is a second home. I mean, it's very comfortable. It's uh. It's nice to travel around the country and stuff, but there's no place like Louisville for horse racing, and it's very comfortable for us. Like I say, it is like home. I've uh, swung from the rafters on shanks when I was a kid, played in the hay loft, uh, loaded hay and straw into the loft, and, and there's been a lot of, of good horses, even not the, not only the famous ones, but a lot of uh, just good horses to be around going through all those stalls. Uh, absolutely. Now, uh, the early days, from what I understand, uh, I think at, at the start, you didn't know if you were ever going to win a race. I think it took you 40 trips to post to get your first race at Turfway Park. Describe those early days and how tough it was. Well, you know, it was it was a tough start, but it was learning by trial and error, basically. I mean, it just, uh, you know, it didn't have very good horses, but I don't know. I don't know how it got rolling. I look back on it, 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 it seemed like yesterday I was saddling Miss Mindy at, at Turfway and that was also in 87, and uh, I don't know, things just, after she won, things just got going, and they just kept on going. Well, uh, you know, you were born and raised in Louisville, uh, went to Butler High School, uh, you know, pretty much grew up on the backstretch. I mean, uh, what was it like, the transition from, because I think early on, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were primarily a, a, a training, uh, a claiming trainer. Uh, when when well, all know, of a sudden you, you you had the chance to get exposed to the higher level horses, yeah. It, um, my father was a claimant trainer, and you know that's all I expected to be. It didn't, and that would have been fine. I mean, that's an honorable career in itself if you can feed your family and last. But you know where my big turn came was at Saratoga. I planned going to Saratoga was the biggest thing. 
you know, I'd gone on my own. I think I was 26 years old. And I knew I wanted to play the game on the highest level I could, even if it was a claiming ranks. And I've always been a fan of the game. And I thought, we'll go to Saratoga. We take six horses, take a big shot at it. Well, while I'm young, nothing to lose. And uh, Tammy and I packed up our newborn baby and headed to, to Saratoga. And we won three races. And, uh, you know, at 26 years old, winning three races at Saratoga, I thought I was king of the world. And uh, <laughs> but, but people took notice. And his horses started coming. You know, we just started getting more and more and, and uh, made sure we kept Saratoga in the circuit. So if you can win there, you can win anywhere. But one day in Saratoga, I was sitting on a bench outside the racing house, and Ken Ramsey sits by. I mean, I was doing pretty good, but just, you know, mostly claimers, like you said. And we got started talking. We were talking about how we compete against one another all the time. Maybe we should join forces. And uh, I started working for him with a few horses. And, and that winter, he had bought a bunch of yearlings, and he sent me to Ocala to look at them and, just, you know, go over them all. He was going to divide them up between a few of us. But there were two special horses there that came into my barn after that, and that was Kitten's Joy and Roses and May. Wow. And uh, I saw them both for the first time on the same day in Ocala, and they literally changed my life, my family's life, and uh, and put me on the on the road to training some better horses. And, and honestly, Ken, working for him for five years, you know, he's the one that convinced me I could train at the highest level. And with those two horses, uh, they gave me some well, worldwide notoriety and, and just things started happening. Absolutely. I mean, uh, what was it about those two that caught your eye? Because the Roses in May, I believe, took you to du- Dubai and Kitten's Joy ended up getting an Eclipse Award and becoming a breed-changing uh, sire. What was it when you looked out in the field that caught Dale Roman's eye? Well, they were at the training barns at two different places and they, you could just tell there was something special about both of them. They were both just big, beautiful horses and had a mindset that you could just, there was an air about them when you first saw them. You knew they were different, uh, especially Kitten's Joy. I still say he's the best one I've ever been around. He just seemed to breathe different air than the rest of the horses. And he was so smart and uh, so talented and would do anything he wanted to. Took the cues from the jockeys, which is all class. But they stood side by side for about three years there. And uh, like I said, Kitten's Joy is my only champion I've ever trained. I've had a lot several of them nominated but he's the only one that ever won and uh rose and may retired with 5.2 million and at the time had won the richest race in the world and they were the two first two horses ever had go to stud you know we sold uh rose and may to japan for a lot of money and he's, he did okay over there but then ken's joy like you said it's fun to watch his babies run and i have a few of them I have a real a couple have had some success with them but it's fun to watch him run to see what he's done to the breed, and he's just going to continue. He's got sons out there, I think, are going to be producers, from what I've seen with the babies, and, and he's going to be a great broodmare sire. And it's, um, I mean, it's just a special horse to have been around. Well, speaking of special horses, let's talk a little bit about Shackleford and what he meant to you. Well, I mean, that's the only classic of one. We've hit the board in all of them several times, but... Uh, the Preakness, the Preakness, that was another. That just elevated to a different level. And uh, he was just, he was a monster. He was one of the greatest horses of his generation. He's going to be an impact side. I mean, you can see all his babies are coming out running now. Yes. And I think he's going to go on to do very, very well. He was just pure talent, strong, beautiful horse. And probably one of the highlights of my racing career, I've told this story a lot here lately because it's it happened at Churchill Downs, was after he had stumbled in the Breeders' Cup, uh, I really didn't want him to retire undefeated, and neither the owners. And we decided to keep him running, running the Clark at Churchill. And uh, it was night racing that day, and there was probably thirty thousand people there. And the announcer called him uh, run the last half mile of his career. 
and everybody stood up and started cheering, and uh, they cheered till they came out of the winter circle. And uh, that was probably one of the most special races that I've been involved with. Yeah, it has to be, especially on your home court uh, back there with a classic winning horse. And I agree with you. Shackelford uh, is off to a good start as a stallion, and it'll be interesting to see what, what he does down the road. Well, I believe it was about 30 years ago or so when I uh, was working down at the fairgrounds. Um, I think uh, – girl by the name of Tammy Fox was was riding down there and I must say from everything I've read in your interviews you pass a lot of credit for your success to your entire team yeah it's a good team I mean her and I've been together now well 26 years or something and uh you know and my sister and I've been together 30 years we were 20 years old when we started working with one another we both worked for my dad and got grooms over there been there 20 years and uh, it's all a big family and you know, you can't do anything by yourself, especially especially the way things have gotten today with with mega stables. And you have to be able to rely on uh, good information and good people and people you can trust that you know are good horsemen. And I've been fortunate to be surrounded by those kind of people. I mean, there's nobody better on their back than Tammy. Her feedback's invaluable, especially when we've gotten to a new level. And it's um, I always say when she's done, I'm done. And, uh, <laughs> it'd be tough for us to do it without her or there with me. And uh, again, uh, Dell, you also pass uh, credit on to uh, to some of your your owners, and I think Frank Jones was like the linchpin for you. Well, yeah, Frank's a little different than an owner. I mean, like I said when I went on Eclipse Award, and Alan Jerkins told me the morning of the Eclipse Award, the uh, only thing he said when he won his was, "It takes great horses and great owners to make a great trainer." And there's nothing more true. As important as the horses are, the owners have to be just as important. But uh, Frank's a little different. He he was at the hospital the day I was born. He was one of my father's best friends. They were they, they were together forever. He's owned horses, I would say, probably 40 years. And he's had two trainers, my father and me. And uh, wow. I guess longer than that. I'm 52, so he's had them 50 years. 51, so he's had them 50 years at least. He's had the two of us. He doesn't have any kids. And uh, he loves his horses and loves the entire game and probably does more for Kentucky racing than anybody in the state of Kentucky and gets the least of the credit. He's uh, been a racing commissioner probably 15 years. He's a racing commissioner, vice president of HPPA, negotiates all the contracts with the tracks. And he owns horses, he bets horses, and he volunteers his time to the game. And, you know, I don't know where my life would have been without him, especially since my father passed away so young. Absolutely, he was key, and I think he developed a, a, a good uh, relationship with uh, Jerry Crawford and Donnie Golf Farm. I've got I've got a photo of him sweeping Tammy up after a huge Grade One win down at Keeneland one year. Yeah, we had a lot of success. We had about five Grade One winners and two Kentucky Derbies, and had a lot of good luck there. And then the guys I'm training for now, my, my biggest all ball family. We've been you know they've been in the headlines a lot here lately. They. Uh, they're doing a lot of things right and buying some, some powerful yearlings and giving us a lot of good stock to work with. And we've already sent three to the breeding shed with them and been to two derbies. And, uh, you know, he said it just takes good owners and good people around you to succeed in anything. Now, Dale Romans, where will the winter months find you? Spend, spend most of the, well, all the winter now at Gulfstream Park. My circuit's become, uh, uh, Kentucky Churchill's the mainstay. That's always called that home base. So we got we're here in the spring and fall. We're uh, in New York for Saratoga in the summer, and then every winter at Gulfstream Park. Uh, are you going to miss Keen Ice? 
Yeah, he's you know he's been gone for a while, but um, every time a good horse leaves you, that uh, you know it's their hard to replace, and you know it. You just don't know what you what, you know if another one's going to come along. You can never take it for granted. But uh, that's why we're out buying yearlings every year and trying to make a new one. Well, he'll he'll still go down in history as the horse to beat American Pharaoh. That was uh, uh, quite quite the feat and something that you can always uh, take credit for. It was pretty amazing. Uh, Dale, yeah, it was uh, it was a big win. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, listen, I want to thank you so much for, for joining us here, uh, you know, on Winning Ponies. Uh, I've, I've admired you from afar for uh, quite a while, and it's just a great story that, uh, you know, hometown boy makes good. The fact that you're uh, Louisville born and bred, you literally grew up on the backstretch, and I, and I think it's just such a great story that you're at your father's barn now, uh, where you've been hanging around for 50 years. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, racing's been good to me, and I don't know where my life would have went without it, but, uh, I mean, the horses have always been the center of, of my life, Tammy's life, and, you know, we don't even consider it a job. It's just a, a way of life. And, uh, hey. But I also appreciate what you're doing. I mean, we have to get the game out there and expose it to as many people as possible, and, and I think this game is poised to really explode for people like yourself doing the shows and, and people on the Internet getting exposed to it, and it's a great game is tailor-made for the internet and it's just going to keep getting better and better well i appreciate it before i let you go i i gotta ask you a question i loved the movie first saturday in may that was made by the hannigan brothers and i know you allowed them you allowed them to just kind of come into your shed row in your barn i think you got such a comfort zone with the hannigan brothers that uh, they did a great job at, at displaying uh, you your barn and your family how is your son doing? Because I thought he was one of the stars of that movie. Yeah, he was good in there. He's doing well. I mean, he's in culinary school, and actually he's just taking an interest in working in the barn. He's finished in his first week this week of going in every morning before school and uh, working a little bit around the horses. And, you know, Brad and John Hennigan became good friends when they were making that movie, and everybody thinks we just got used to them. The truth of the matter is nobody believed they could make a movie, and they had these little handheld cameras walking around following us around. And it was, so they got full exposure and the, the, the job they did was remarkable. It was. It was one of my favorite movies. Again, it's called First Saturday in May. It, it won the Eclipse Award as Best Racing Documentary. And there was one point where, while you were too busy bringing the horse over for the Kentucky Derby, that they turned the camera over to your son and he kind of became a, uh, a television host on his own. And his confidence level was huge. I couldn't believe it. He still doesn't lack any confidence, that's for sure. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's uh, one thing about that. I watched it this summer for the first time in a while, and it, uh, you know, it's also a home movie. I mean, we've got copies of it around here, and it's interesting to go back and look at uh, um, Jake at 10 years old and, and uh, how things have changed. And, you know, that was a really special time in our life. That was my first derby starter. And uh, when things really just started to turn. And it's all documented. Yep. It's there, and it ended up uh, winning the Eclipse Award, and it was because of trainers like you that allowed the Hennigan brothers to, you know, enter into their shed row and become a part of the family. But those guys are great because they grew up as horsemen, and they just kind of blend in. You don't even know uh, when they're there. But I just had to bring that up. I wanted to ask you about your son because yeah. I, I got There's... I got such a laugh out of him in that movie. It was great. Yeah, he's um, he's turned out well. 
Yeah, they're good guys. And John, like I said, both of them have become very good friends. But John and I went back together last year after the Derby. We were in a bad car wreck together, leaving the Derby. And, and he's been with us every year since that race. I think he's only missed one Derby with us, staying with us. And uh, like I say he's a real good I still think it's the second best racing movie I've ever seen. You can't pass up Let It Ride. It's got to be number one. <laughs> All right. Well, we've been talking with Dale Romans, uh, a man who's now set history as the all-time uh, leading trainer at Churchill Downs. Dale, thanks so much for spending the time with us here on Winning Ponies. I greatly appreciate it. Anytime. Keep up what you're doing. I got your number now. You're in trouble. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rick. All right, we've been talking with Dale Romans. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and we come back. One of my favorite guys in racing. Uh, you know him. You love him. He's a railbird. Bob Railbird Roberts will be joining us here on Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com The home of the easy win form The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses At most American and Canadian tracks Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races Don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter We're at VoiceAmericaTRN You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows This week's featured guests and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and back with us, uh, man that's been no stranger to winning ponies over the years, and certainly no stranger to uh, people in the, uh, the, the the Cleveland Northeast uh, Ohio area. None other than Bob Railbird Roberts. Bob, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, John. I did something today I haven't done for a long time. I didn't make a bet. I'm a little I think I'm getting a rash. <laughs> I, I, didn't have, I didn't have any trip notes at uh, at Aqueduct, and I just didn't make a bet today. I don't know. It's not right. I'm getting a little lightheaded. 
<laughs> you'll be fine. You'll be fine. There'll always be another race. And if you want, you can turn uh, your uh, account on in a couple hours. I'm sure there'll be something running in England or Australia you can get your teeth yeah. into <laughs> if sure you really need gone. to. <laughs> but uh, I, I just wanted to check in on you. It's been a while since uh, you've been on the show. And uh, it's been two weeks now since uh, the Breeders' Cup. And I just kind of wanted to get, uh, you know, if you can paint with a broad brush, uh, your impression of uh, the, the two days of racing, and then maybe I'll nail you down on some specific yeah. races. Well, that's that's uh, that's a lot of high class racing in two days. I don't know. I mean, I covered the uh, when I was at the Plain Dealer, the Cleveland Plain Dealer. I covered the uh, first uh, oh fifteen or twenty Breeders' Cups. I was at Hollywood Park when it started. Uh, I like it more as one day, two days. Two days is a bit much for me. I was exhausted by the time they uh, went to the gates of the Classic, but. Obviously, it's 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 the all-star game of horse racing. It's the, it's the best in the world, practically lining up there at, uh, at Del Mar this year. And uh, I thought Friday was a was a good start to the uh, to the week. I mean, uh, I, I, there was one horse I liked the most out of both days, and she ran as flat as flat could be. I thought Elite was going to run big in the distaff, and I know I ran love around her. Like, yeah, right. So. Once again, uh, you know, for the fourth decade in a row, I can't get Bill Mott right. So I, I bet I made a nice bet on the late, and I got uh, I got bees. I got nothing. So I, I, I hit a couple of exactors, so I did okay on Friday. Saturday, uh, Saturday was a little tough. I only cashed a couple of tickets. Uh, obviously, Gunrunner looked good. I was by that by the time he got to the gate, I was exhausted. I should have taken two to one, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't really have much enthusiasm for betting. Paid six eighty. Should have jumped. That should have been the only bet I made, or should have been the first bet I made. But he was <laughs> he was obviously extremely impressive. I thought world uh, approval was very impressive in the yes. uh, in the Breeders' Cup Mile, and the and um, the Sprint Roy H uh, ran a big race. So there was some outstanding races. There, the there was, days. and you know, uh, again, uh, I barely cashed a ticket. But when, when you put these unbelievable horses together uh it's not easy let's go back to the first race you mentioned uh the longines mm-hmm. breeders cup distaff i've got to say hats off to Dell stewart and charles fipke here you oh, got yeah. a horse that's making its third start of the year and it wins a two million dollar race forever unbridled of course i can date myself because i remember forever unbridled's mother winning the uh the oaks at uh churchill downs i yeah, mean right. mr fipke breeds a nice horse but you know obviously this horse has had some issues but still came into the race undefeated with two starts two wins and uh Jack, strange jockey switch to Johnny V. Uh, you know. Meanwhile, Javier, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, Joe Rosario sits in the jacks room and collects one hundred twenty thousand dollars. But uh, that's right. What, what did uh, you think? You about know what? That? I think the stewards did the right thing too, because they waited so long to to uh, to announce the switch that the guy couldn't go get a you know another mount in the race. I think. And by the way, one of those stewards is a Thistledown graduate, Kim Sawyer. One of the th- stewards out there in California was a steward at Thistledown. In fact, she was a jockey at Thistledown way back when. Really? Oh, yeah, Kim Sawyer. You remember her? I don't know if you remember her or not, but she rode no. at Thistledown. She rode against Cheryl White, who was the first black female jockey to ride, and she rode at Thistledown. This is 
This is back in the 70s. Yeah. Right. And then no, Kim, I, I, Kim I, I was just a young college kid back then. I probably yeah. wasn't. You know, and the thing is, Bob, we're, we're so exposed now with the Internet. Right. You know, back then right. you had to go out and, you know, go downtown and buy the racing form. And that's the only way you oh, knew yeah. anybody was in. You know, there was oh, no yeah. going on right. the computer and finding out. So uh, no, things have changed. Right. But no, right. I, I did not know that. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. E- either way, Forever Unbridled, I just saw a headline. I didn't get a chance to, uh, to delve into it. But uh, already that they've uh, put her in training for the Pegasus stakes down at Gulfstream. How about that? Yeah. Won't that be something? Wow. Yeah, it will. It will. Uh, the question is, how many... Uh, how many horses will Ron Paolucci have on the card that day? Someone sent out a, a wise guy tweet. I don't know if you saw it or not about the, the possible lineup for the uh, Pegasus, and they had they listed <laughs> they listed above <laughs> four or five of his horses, and then he also included Ron Paolucci on foot. So <laughs> right, yeah. and then they also have said <laughs> a rabbit. No, an actual <laughs> rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, you know the story behind that. I don't know. If, I, it didn't get much coverage, but the horse that he tried to enter, the maiden, and they told him no. Yeah. That horse raced at that horse raced at uh, Mahoning Valley the Tuesday before the Breeders' Cup in an Ohio-bred maiden special weight race, which is not surprising, but the jock who rode him is a bit surprising. Yes. Belucci paid or talked into or both. Javier Castellano, on his way to the West Coast, stopped in uh, Youngstown, Ohio, to ride that horse and another Felucci horse in an allowance race. So Javier is the uh, leading percentage jockey at Mahoning Valley. He's two for two this year. Yeah, I, I, I called the uh, racing secretary, Ed Vomake. He's a friend of mine. I'm like, <laughs> hey, Ed, you've done a really good job at recruiting top jockeys to come to a Mahoning Valley. <laughs> and he said, yeah, Javier's our leading rider right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When they when they told me he was going there, I said, no, come on. He's not going there. But he went there. He Whatever, well, yeah. uh, whatever fee he asks, he got, and he went. Well, you know, you know a lot of guys like Paolucci, and they're loyal. And my guess right. is Javier probably said that he would ride that first-timer if it got in in the Breeders' right. Cup. And the fact that he didn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Paolucci flew him in, you know, and also gave him a tip for coming in. But that that's just the kind of guy Ron is. I mean, you know, some people question his methods, but all I can say is uh, you call him mad, but he's a mad genius because the guy's making a whole lot of money in the horse business right now. I took a look. They raced 100 days at Thistledown in Cleveland. He took out over $1.2 million in purse money for the 100 days at Thistledown. That's obviously an Ohio world's record for owner and purse money and for one meet. Yeah, he kind of dominated Cleveland this year. Yeah, I, I did. I sent him a text and I said, how many people you want at your table for the Ohio Awards Banquet? <laughs> yeah, he, he better be there this year. I, I hope so. I hope so. And uh, I think he said he was going to. Well, uh, Bob, the, my producer told me we've got three minutes before our break, but let's go back uh, to the Breeders' Cup Classic. I mean, right. a head scratcher for Arrowgate. Um, and as a matter of fact, uh, Mr. Paolucci ran a game fourth with War Story in there, so he probably didn't have a bad payday in a $6 million race. Um, That's right. But nonetheless, 
Gunrunner, I mean, he has just blossomed into something else, and uh, it, it, you're going to be hard-pressed, I think, as, as long as Asmussen keeps him on his toes to beat him in the Pegasus. I agree. You know, I did a handicapping seminar uh, out at, the, at Northfield Park in Cleveland uh, on Breeders' Cup Day, and I, people say, what about Eric Gadigal? Well, you know, he's, he, he ran two uh, mediocre races at Del Mar, and here's Baffert, what, 100 miles away at Santa Anita? Why wasn't that last workout over the Del Mar surface instead of at Santa Anita? Was he afraid that he was going to throw a 50 and tool at him for the half mile? I didn't like the fact that he didn't take him down there and give him the last work over the track. But I got a feeling that uh, Baffert knew that the horse kind of lost his taste to run. Yeah, he, I mean, he peaked. You know, there was no no doubting his greatness when he was great. But let's face it, you know, it, it's cyclical. And I just think he kind of tailed off at the end. Well, we're talking with Bob Roberts, Bob Railbird Roberts. We're going to take a quick break here on Winning Ponies. When we come back, we're actually going to try to do some handicapping. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, a longtime friend, a great journalist, uh, by the name of Bob Railbird Roberts, a, a great personality in in the game of racing. Now, uh, Bob, I've got to ask you. Uh, I know you're you're not at the track every day now, but uh, do you make forays down to Mahoning Valley or uh, during the summer where you're out at Thistledown on a somewhat regular yeah. basis? Yeah, I go out to Thistledown or Northfield like at least three days a week. And I'm usually betting, uh, you know, Mondays and Tuesdays. I like to bet the big signals, so I'm a Wednesday through Sunday better. I get out to the track at least. Uh, I got to get my racing forms, John. I'm just, I'm addicted to the racing form. I'm, I'm 69 years old. I started reading the form when I was uh, 15, and I haven't missed too many days. So 
I got to go get my racing forms. I want them in my hand. I don't want that online stuff. I don't like online newspapers. So I'm at the track at least uh, three days a week, sometimes four. And I've been down to Mahoning Valley a couple of times already. It's a nice, it's a nice little racetrack. It really did a nice job there. Uh, you know, I, I said that at the, at the top of the show. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be down there uh, on, I'm going to say, the 25th, and I'm going to be mm. doing the ha- handicapping show with your friend Matt Hook. He doesn't oh, know it great. yet, but I got <laughs> approval. So well, after we get off the air, I need you to give me his phone number because I want to talk to him about the format for that. Uh, but, okay. uh, yeah, so I'll be there. And I remember going to the Best of Ohio there last year, and it was really gorgeous. And I really yeah. thought that the management there uh, put their best foot forward and really kind of uh, – ingratiated themselves uh, to, to the horse player side of it, was, which, as you know, over the years, some, uh, shall we call them racinos, don't exactly do. Right. Plus, Youngstown has two of the greatest Italian bakeries in America, Jimmy's and La Riches, known for their uh, pistachio almond biscottis. So oh. that's another reason I go to Youngstown. I want to load up on the good cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, yes, uh, you know, uh, being in Cleveland reminds me of growing up in Syracuse because there's a lot of ethnicities there, which means good right. food, you know. <clears throat> I like that. Well, Whereas Cincinnati's more more of a, a mix, you know. It's a little more milk toast, you know. Right. Uh, good you German know, food, you know, but right. uh, I, I always like my mix. I mean, in Syracuse we had, uh, not that it was segregated, but it was just the way it happened. We had the Polish side of town, we had the Irish side of right. town, we had the Italian side of town, you know, and in each all of all those neighborhoods had some outstanding uh, German, I should say, too, uh, restaurants. Mm-hmm. It was great. You, know, right. you go to any one of them and get an outstanding meal, and the Cleveland area kind of reminds me of that, you know. That oh, you yeah, can- and, and before they built Mahoning Valley, Newcastle, Pennsylvania had one of the most successful off-track betting parlors in the United States, and the food there was outstanding. And I remember covering, I did a story on the place when it first opened, as did Sports Illustrated. And I wrote that uh, these guys are so comfortable betting here, it's like they're being waited on by their wives. And in some cases, they were. Because they don't want to work, <laughs> they just wanted to bet horses. <laughs> <laughs> that place has gone away. The Newcastle Parlor is gone because the racetrack kind of knocked them out of the box. But that was a very, that off-track betting parlor handled more money some days than some racetracks did. That's how popular it was. It wasn't I remember, that like it, Youngstown. it was kind of like an oasis, you know, so it was like people yeah. had to go there, you know. Yeah, well, you got it. Uh, since I know you're familiar with the Ohio program, mm-hmm. they're going to have two accredited mm-hmm. races, and that means both the Sires and the Dam uh, reside in the state of Ohio. And uh, we'll start with the, the Glacial Princess. Of course, I know you remember her, an outstanding oh, yeah. multiple Ohio Horse of the Year. It's a, uh, just a tragedy that she uh, broke down while racing in, in a stakes race at Beulah Park. But uh, nonetheless, this race named it in her honor. It's kind of interesting. When I pulled the PPs down, Bob, I mean, all you got you got to pull out the video of the emerald necklace because every horse that's starting in this race, except for the first time starter, is coming out of the emerald necklace. Not only that, this may be a first. And I know it's an accredited race, but this may be a first. Seven of the eight entrants in a stake race are maidens. Seven of them. There's only one winner in the race, John. Well, and well, they they are they are two year olds, and uh, right. the winners on the outside, Mandy's Pride, 
who's five to two, but really uh, you know, faltered in the Emerald Necklace. Uh, a guy that does not like to travel, but is the ninth leading rider in the history of racing. Uh, Perry Wayne Oots is going to make the trip up there for his good friend Larry Smith and, and ride it. He did ride it in the uh, in the Emerald Necklace. I'm not sure. You know, it's funny. There's a lot of these horses that, you know, showed speed and then just all of a sudden dropped an anchor in there. Uh, he was the second right. favorite in there. I will tell you, Pure Justice, uh, who won that race, is not in here because he had a little bit of a hitch in his get-along from what I got oh. from his connections. And they said, this horse is running too good right now to take any chance. Let's put, you know, her away for the winner. These are two-year-old fillies. Uh, the right. horse that catches my eyes is a horse that ran second in the Emerald Necklace. As you know, two-year-olds most often uh, don't come from the back after getting dirt in their face and, you know, hit, hit getting hit. And that's Silky Tassels, a uh, daughter of the promising sire Kettleborn. Uh, Louis Quinones is going to be in for the ride. Uh, we got four minutes, so we'll try to cover these races as fast and, as we and can. We're on the same. we're on the same horse there. I, I like that horse, too. You know that horse went through the sales ring for twenty six thousand. So this this one might blossom uh, in, in this race right here. I put uh, I put Bandy's Pride second and uh, no true or third, but I'm going for the maiden to uh, break her maiden in a stake race. Well, you know, knowing Ohio bloodlines as I do, uh, no truer is a full to the stakes winner, True Cinder. So that gives you a little oh, more okay. to go yeah. on. Well, the, right. uh, the the sixth race. Uh, Interesting enough, finish has uh, two full brothers uh, racing against each other in uh, Geppetto and Mound. Mound was once Ohio Horse of the Year, has won over 241,000, but certainly looks like his best days are behind him. Both of these right. horses uh, have only won one race in the last two years while still making about uh, 25 starts. So, right. uh, the thing about Geppetto is, is he was a recent claim for seventy five hundred, and uh, all of a sudden he up jumps by you know Jeffrey Dasovich, a leading trainer at, right. uh, at at Thistle, uh, gets this nice win out of him with a seventy buyer. I just think the horse to, that's due that hasn't won a race this year that loves Mahoning is eight the hard way, and the defending champ in this race won this race last year at fifty cents on the dollar, beating Geppetto. And, you know the key to this race might Geppetto has got the will get the jump on everybody. The key in this race might be the five horse Tico Thunder. If if he shows early, I don't know if he's going to get a he's going to get a mile and an eighth. But if he shows early, he could uh, he'll sting Geppetto and make it a a lot easier for Eight the Hard Way. But uh, I'm going to go for the and by the way, Eight the Hard Way loves this racetrack with six wins and three seconds and three thirds and seventeen starts for 169 thou in the bank. So. That's definitely the horse for the course. Okay. Well, again, uh, you know, the, the, it'll be interesting, but I, I think it settles in on the, the, the one-two, quite frankly, in here. Right. And uh, it looks like we got uh, about two minutes left, maybe. Yes, exactly, two minutes. So uh, Churchill Downs, I think it might, Bob, be the only graded stakes race of the week, and it's the grade three yeah. Cardinal Handicap. The thing that screws my handicapping up here is – from watching the weather map, we might get some mm. dicey weather coming into Kentucky, and this race is supposed to go a mile and eighth on the turf, and there's hardly 
any horses that have ever run on a wet track. Let's hope it's not the case that we get a slew of scratches, but it really does enter into the handicapping. And uh, so that kind of turns my eye to a horse that's never been on the turf, and that's Weep No More. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. George Arnold's horse, yeah. You know, the bottom horse, the eight to five morning line favorite, Dona Bruja. I mean, this horse come from Argentina, and they'll run over broken, broken uh, beer bottles down there. This, this is one tough horse with uh, ten wins and fourteen starts, and and uh, it, since it's been in America, it's done awfully well too at a couple of uh, Grade threes and a near miss in the uh, in the Grade one Beverly D. If that stays on the grass, that twelve is going to be really hard to beat. What about I, I, the McGahee's horse, Fairpoint? Looks like it's bred for the distance. It's never been the distance. Right, absolutely. And one of the leading money earners with 471000 I think another right. horse that may like the distance that ran big time with the Fort Larnard connections is going to be Linda, you know, Ian Wilkes' trainee yeah. with Brian Hernandez in there, who's owned by uh, uh, Witham Thoroughbred. So uh, it'll be interesting, but I think you're going to have to keep an eye on the weather, what happens. It's funny, I had Donna Brugia listed as my long shot on a soft turf. I did not have any odds <laughs> on with me, you know, uh, looking at it. But anyhow, uh, Matt Widener's telling me it's time for us to go. Bob Roberts, right. Bob Railbird Roberts, as he knows. Thank you very much. As I enjoyed it, John. Off, Mike, I will be in touch with you soon about another event that I want to get involved with you, okay? Take care, buddy. I will. All right, that was Bob Roberts. And earlier, I want to thank Del Romans for taking time out of his schedule. Now the leading trainer at Churchill Downs. And I want to thank my producers. It was a tag team. A-Rod started us out. Matt Widener got us out in time. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.